What's up? Welcome to the Inner City Innovators Podcast, where we will discuss marginalized communities and what it will take to bring true, lasting hope and transformation to the disadvantaged. Now, here are your hosts and hope dealers, Sean Montal and Ricky Aiken. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the How to Be a Hope Dealer podcast. I'm LaShawn Montal. I'm here with my boy, Ricky. How you feeling today, baby? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great, bro. Happy to be back after the weekend we just had. Yeah, man. Likewise, I want to jump right into that. We had a monumental weekend this weekend. I want to give us a round of applause for this amazing weekend that we had today. Yeah. Oh, man, listen. Um, the biggest day of my life. I told yeah. y'all that before the before we did our walk for change and after the walk for change, um, I don't even know. I can't even describe how I felt. I'm still yeah. processing the way I felt. Um, I was just so nervous at first, man. I was. I felt like Malcolm X out there for real, and I felt yeah. like it was a lot. Absolutely. For a second, I was like, what did I get myself into, man? Yeah. But then yeah. um, once we got going, I was able to watch you. And um, just like I said, as a part of my speech, man, um, there are there are advocates, agents of change that have been out here doing this work and putting down the boots on the ground. And I'm letting that right. inspire me, bro. So to watch you lead us and lead that fighting force as a collective down to City Hall and raise noise like we did. Yeah. Oh, that was everything, bro. Yeah. And for those of y'all who are just tuning in to what we're talking about, this past weekend, we did the Hope Dealers Walk for Change where we walked from Heart and Soul Park in the Northwest Corridor of West Palm Beach to the heart of our city, City Hall, to raise awareness around the youth delinquency and especially the gun violence being faced by young men growing up in the communities of concentrated violence and disadvantage in Palm Beach County. So it was an amazing time, and uh, like LaShawn said, it was his first peace walk with us. And, um, man, like, what do you, other than, like, that that moment, because I always consider, like, all the greats that have come before us, even when I'm planning and, and even before I'm speaking, that's kind of the inspiration. Outside of that, like, what else do you feel like, what was the impact it had on you? Like, what's something that you saw that you felt, like, made it real for you? Uh, the most impactful thing was the fact that we had no support from the higher levels, man. We had yeah. no city commissioners. We had no, we didn't have a mayor with us. We didn't have right. any law enforcement leadership with us. Yeah. We didn't have anyone that our community elected to represent us come out right. and walk with us for change. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a first. I think every one we've had in the past, uh, we've had at least two or three uh, council or commissioners. Uh, and before that, you know, we had the mayor with us at many in the past, not the current mayor or administration. So I think that's telling as far as what the priorities are for uh, this new administration. And that's OK. I feel like our job as hope dealers, as advocates for the young people in our community is to make something that otherwise wouldn't be important to them important to them. So this walk, uh, if many don't know, is the first step of many uh, to highlight the needs uh, to reduce and decrease the instances of gun violence, but also bring attention to uh, our leaders and elected officials who rather uh, ignore the conditions our young people are having to endure on the way to becoming adults. I agree with that. I agree with that. I was also highly impacted by... Um 
the what, what's her name Bree I believe yeah. Bree and her husband came out um that situation that happened down in Hollywood Florida man I looked into that after after they spoke at the Walk for Change and I was absolutely moved yeah um by their passion by their strength to come out and be beacons of hope and and, and light the way you yeah. know uh, um, like she said a mass shooting is happening almost every 50 seconds now around America and this is getting out of control so that really really moved me that was another thing that moved me and lastly um I would say the 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 I want to say the percentage of the black community that I saw come out to the walk of change. I mean, I was very excited to see how many kids we had, but um, I just wanted to see more of our community, man. If I had yeah. to give you anything from it, I just wanted to see more of our community come out and walk for the change, baby. But the most important thing I told my wife when I left, I said, man, I was so excited to see the, the barriers of race broken and this yeah. walk for change to show our community that we can band together. We can break these systematic, you know, agendas that have been put on our communities and we can work together hand Absolutely. in hand to repair all of the links and all of the broken missing pieces. Yep. It was amazing, bro. Absolutely. And I just want, uh, I just had to pull up the story as well for those um, who didn't know um, that a, a 16 month old boy named Amari was shot uh, while celebrating uh, Memorial Day weekend with his family at the beach, uh, doing what any kid would be doing on that day. And we're talking 16 months old. Uh, he was victimized by gun violence. Yeah. And um, his parents uh, saw that we were organizing this peace watch and they decided to drive up to, to join us. Uh, one, in gratitude that their son made it and survived. But a lot of people, when they get lucky, they get complacent. So it was awesome to see his family not get complacent, but bring him to be a part of this peace march and use his story to engage and inspire others to get, to get involved in the fight because what happened to him could happen to anyone. Right, and and for us to see, that's the first time in my life I've ever been able to meet someone firsthandly impacted by a mass shooting. Yeah. Um, they happen so much around America, it's almost become something that's kind of taboo, but I was broken right out of that cliche when they came out there and had that child in their hands that was actually a victim right. of that shooting. That really, really impacted me hard because I got two kids of my own, and I couldn't imagine as a father um, having to stand up and you know, explain how my child was injured in a mass shooting while we were just celebrating a friendly holiday, right. celebrating our freedom in the country we call home. Exactly. And speaking of mass shootings, I want to give, and, and a reason for a lot of the diversity we saw at uh, the Peace Walk was thanks to Moms Demand Action. And they got started after the Sandy Hook tragedy. Uh, a bunch of mothers came together, and now they're, if I'm not mistaken, the largest anti-gun violence advocacy group in the country. And the thing I appreciate most about Moms Demand Action is how they, you know, they, they are, they're, to be honest, there are a lot of moms that are privileged. You know, they have the socioeconomic resources to kind of advocate the way they, they, they can right. and the thing I think is most beautiful is that they've always used their privilege and their uh, economic situation to be allies with us who are doing the front lines uh, work in communities like ours. 
I don't think I've ever seen a, a outside organization come in and partner with the organization so well, right. like the relationship we've had with Palm Beach County's Moms Demand Action. So I want to give a shout out to Abby uh, and all the beautiful moms who came out, Pam, all of y'all are awesome, and we appreciate the partnership we've been building with y'all, and we're looking forward to continuing to strengthen our bonds. Facts, and shout out to um, WPTV as well, uh, oh, coming yeah. out there, you know, giving us the coverage, giving us the, the awareness that we need in this type of advocacy for a change. Yeah. So they are always showing us love, anything. Absolutely. Right. Anytime uh, it's something going, they calling and they, they trying to sp spread love and show love. Shout out WPTV for that. Yeah, especially uh, Kate Hussey. Um, she came out and I think she got out there at 4 a.m. You know, she hit me the night before and said, hey, I'll be on scene as early as 4 a.m. So come out uh, when you're up and we'll go live every 30 minutes up to the time of the event. And um, I don't think we've ever, like, I can't begin to, like, thank WPTV, even WPBF, and all the positive uh, coverage that they had given us, ensuring that this event would get out to people and be a success. And you just saw the dedication. And, you know, we always complain in the... In, in our in our world that the news is always covering like what's negative and they're always uh sharing right. bad things right i really appreciated them for going above and beyond to give us the amount of airtime not only did we go live almost every 30 minutes up to the time of our event on saturday they also did an almost four minute special on us covering the event and uh, again, I want to thank Kate Hussey uh, for being with us. I want to thank the, the videographers, the people at the station, everyone who supports what we're trying to do in our community enough to give us the privilege of airtime because we don't take that for granted. There, there are other stories they could have prioritized. Uh, they, we, we, a lot of things could have happened where we didn't get that attention. Right. So we want to thank our local media for believing our cause enough to give us the platform, which they gave us. Most deaf. And um, out of everything that happened on the, on that day of the walk of change, walk for change, the most important thing to me was having my son there yeah. to have him see his dad be so powerful and be in such a place of of high frequency yeah as a yeah. child i think that's super important my, my son's only six i never seen my dad do anything powerful right i've only ever seen my dad like buy nice cars buy nice things and for a while i thought that was power i yeah. did yeah. but now that i have a child and i'm raising my own empire i'm raising my own young king yeah uh, it was no less than an honorable experience yesterday to bring him out there and allow him to see, you know, the culprits of what's going to become of his family, of right. his lineage, of his father, yeah. to see his history being reborn right before his eyes, to yeah. see his community coming back together. Yeah, exactly. for me, that was huge. He don't even know what he yeah. got from that, but yeah. he'll know. And I think <laughs> that's a oftentimes overlooked part of it is the imagery. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking about the other day, like I can't recall a time when I was a child, all the gun violence that was going on. I can't recall a time where I saw a group of people walking the streets of our community, being led by someone that looked like me, demanding better outcomes for me. Right. You know, I can't recall a time. 
So I couldn't imagine like the inspiration I would have got as a child in this work had I seen that then. Right. You know? So now I can only imagine how much further the work will go when the kids, you saw a lot of the little kids on the bikes, on their scooters, kind of leading the walk with us. You see them and they see us setting the example in such a way and what that does in their heart. They'll never be able to say, no one cared. No one cared. Because Facts. they can look around and they can see white, black, man, woman, gay, straight, everything there at the event showing that these young men, these young peoples, the people who live in this community that's been so overridden with violence, their lives matter. And I think that's one of the most beautiful gestures. And I think imagery and gestures and things of that nature, they matter. They, they tell do. a story. They do, man. And the young the young bulls had a great time. They was yeah. enjoying it. And you can see the you can see the collectiveness that we were drawing out of them. They were actually feeling the impact of right. what they were doing by participating in our walk. Because as you know, with something like that, every single person that gets involved, it creates like a bigger, a bigger, uh, a bigger cocktail of energy a bigger right. fireball it creates a bigger tsunami yeah. so that way when we come to break the door down the more hands and feet on deck the more voices chanting them slogans out right we really gonna run the show and like i said man just to clear that thought um i think the one of the biggest issues that we face in america in america today that's allowing us to not move forward is an issue with race man we have yeah. a big issue and like I said, with that event, to have those young boys come out there and to be able to eat and have fun and live life, they got two things from that. They got to see that the Hope Dealers, the inner city innovators, oh, we the ones. We here right. for y'all. We got y'all. Yeah. yeah. They're seeing everybody with the Hope. Like, they'll never forget us for right. that. Right. Never. Yeah. That's number one. And then they get to see. <clears throat> what we are taught at home in our community that the white man don't care about us or that, you know, the white man is this or the white man is that is absolutely ruled out because they can see that they are out here for y'all. Right. They understand what's going on. We are breaking the divides and the barriers right. and showing these children. Right. And I think the, the point you're trying to make is right. that all white people aren't bad. Exactly. You're, not, you're not saying that right. just because the white people that show right. up there, that's Right, and I think oh, that's Oh, it's like the way how you point. say, like, you know, like, like we might have our grandma grow up. You know, grandma don't know how to think, so she instilled that in us, and some of that stuff still gets instilled in those kids to where they go to school, they they look down on their teachers. If it's if they're white, you don't want to listen. Right, If right. somebody white teacher. So for that, for them to see that and see all of these people from the other side here, that is so abnormal in that community. Yeah. Yeah, and it's huge for them. That's how we break these barriers of race. Right. For them thinking nobody cares, bro. They here in the boxing ring with you. Yeah, exactly. They here boxing with you. All right, I'm gonna make an edit on. Um, I want you to go back to your start about the importance of race, because mm -hmm. I'm afraid it won't come out the way you communicated it. I know mm -hmm. what you meant um, by um, like um, the white thing, and then the grandma didn't know how to think. Because it, it's people are interpret that they're like, oh, my grandma, you know, I think grandma thought that way based on her experiences. Mm -hmm. So let's run it back. We'll run it back from where you said the one of the biggest things, however you want to um, start that conversation again and then mm -hmm. go back into it. I got you. You ready? Yep. 
Okay, so yeah, bro, like one of the biggest things I got from it was like just to see the collective effort from the other side to break the barriers of race. You know, a lot of kids in the black community, they have this this train of thought, this thought process where because I'm black, nobody white in America will care. Right. But for them to see that we have individuals that are of a different descent than you, a different ethnicity, different race, what have you, to come out here and support you. Of this magnitude, yeah. it's huge for them. Exactly. It's huge for them. And you're so right, bro. I always say, like, we didn't create the conditions of the inner city. Right, 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 right. Our racial right. legacy in this country did. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't create it, we're not going to be able to fix it alone. Alone. Uh, black people have a part to play. White people have a, We all have a part to play to undo the harm that's still spewing effects today. And you touched on something very important, right? Mm-hmm. When my grandma raised me, and gave me my racial lens, she gave me a lens that worked for her in the 60s and 70s, right? Right, 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 When she was dealing with racial oppression, she wanted to keep me safe, so she taught me how to see the world and white people in a way where, Mm -hmm. by and large, I needed to protect myself from them because she had to protect herself from them. Right, right. But if I kept those walls up that I was taught to have up, Mm-hmm. I wouldn't enjoy the privileges I enjoy today, rather through relationships, through resources, through networks and things right. like that. And a lot of our community loses out simply because they have a 1960s paradigm mm-hmm. in a 2023 world. Right. And you can't you can't be if you can't see. So I think events like this help to break down the walls. They they break down the, the barriers. And a lot of the physical barriers that we still see, I think, can come down once we take down the emotional and relational barriers that exist between us. I got you. Facts. And um and that's just the way it's gonna have to the way it's gonna have to be going forward. We're gonna have to break this thing with the kids, which is why we come with the youth. We come for the youth, we come at the youth because yeah. Um, you know, like you say, a lot of people, a lot of our elders, they have their minds made up. Right. They are, you know, centralized in their own trains of thinking and right. their own action processes and patterns of behavior. And we just ain't pulling them out exactly. of that. Exactly. Exactly. It's just not going to happen. Right. So. And we're not here to, to fight people who don't see the movement. Like, if you don't right. see a need for hope, if you don't see a need for positive and aggressive energy in regards to doing everything we can to save a young brother for the, from the clutches of the grave uh, and imprisonment, then you're just not down with us. And that's okay. Like, you'll never hear me begging anybody to come to our events, right? Right. You got, like, some people who are important, elected officials think you should call their office and request them. No, we're not doing that. Because if the issue of gun violence isn't enough for you to stay engaged, then I question the motive of your, enga- of your engagement in the first place. So I'm super grateful for everybody that came out. Like, it was hot, but you know what? It didn't rain. Right, that was perfect. I'm you know so what happy I'm it didn't rain, man. And so we had people that were willing to, to make themselves uncomfortable. People, not only was it hot, but to many of these people, this isn't their community. This is the hood. Right. When they hear about shootings on TV, it's happening in this community. Right. So they had to put a lot of their comforts to the side to to choose to suffer with us, to send a message. And I want to take a moment to give a a, a highlight and a shout out to some of the sponsors we had that made this all possible. For sure, man. For sure. Definitely. This is the first year that we ever had all the expenses for the walk covered 
by sponsors. So first and foremost, I want to thank uh, Craig, the law officers of Craig Goldenfarb for coming on as an ambassador level sponsor, man. Like he donated a thousand dollars to cover a lot of the food, drinks, uh, uh, music. We had the Star Family Dental. Um, they sponsor entertainment. The Kester Family, food, drinks, and dishware. Uh, Vintage Charitable Foundation. They brought out some uh, voter engagement folks. Big Ed on the DJ booth. Moms Demand Action brought out popsicles. They bought out uh, uh, Waters, soda, water, soda, everything, yeah. man. Florida Rising brought out an ice cream truck and helped us with infrastructure. Uh, Kelsey Lewis from our board was at Sam's Club at 9 a.m. making sure we had what we need. This was like a community level, uh, all hands on deck. Everybody who's concerned about this issue had a hand on the plow, and that's what I appreciate most. And we're going to drop a round of applause in there for everybody that Absolutely, played a part and really making sure that was a it. sensational event. I had so much fun. Um, my kids had so much fun. Yeah. It was just great, man. It was great. And tell me about that, like, like, because I don't want to, like, gloss over, bro. Your kids were there, man. Like, how important is it, do you feel it is, to have kids at an event like that where, where they're around that kind of energy? What long-lasting impact could you foresee this having in your kid's life? Uh, I think it's super important uh, because oftentimes when you come from our community, uh, we, we, we take our kids around collective environments, but these collective environments got a lot of smoking going. Right. A lot of, you know, our uncles might be drinking, our aunties might be, you know, cursing, yeah. having a ball dancing. I'm not saying these are any negative things, but I'm saying these are the environments our children are used to. Right. So when we switch the paradigm, we yeah. bring them out to a cookout. Same thing. This is a cookout, but this got a whole nother objective to it. Right. We are walking for change. Yeah. We advocating for our people. We're not trying to tear our people down. Right. We're not trying to fight. We're not trying to argue. It's all these people from all these backgrounds, all these ages, and they can see that. And they can see that there are no barriers. I right. think that's the main thing for them as children to see there are no barriers. Right, exactly. Bro. No barriers. Exactly, man. And I remember I seen uh, Nay. Nay one is our one is one of our super volunteers, and he was out there throwing the football with a couple of the kids, man. And you could just really see the excitement on these kids' face. Like when you come from a community where your dad ain't around, and you kind of lack positive male influence because a lot of the male influence you got, I wouldn't say that it's negative, but it's filled with men that are trying to survive. Right, right. You know what I'm right. saying? And if a, a, a if the black male image is only one of trying to survive and you're never exposed to what it looks like to be a black man and thrive, right. you're gonna build your whole whole model around survival. Right. And we feel like that's What's wrong with our community? You know, a lot, you think about the theme of the walk, you know, to keep young men free and alive past age 25. I said it at the walk. If you're not mentally prepared to live past 25, when 25 hits you, you're going to be surprised, caught off guard. You're not ready. Right. You're behind. So our whole role in mentoring and community engagement and our workshops 
everything is to break the, the mental cycle of self-destruction that our young men find themselves in from the time they're 14 years old right. and they, they, they pop out of when they're 24, 25, when their brains are more developed. We want them to understand that process. Like it, the most dangerous time to be alive as a young black male from these communities is age 13 to 24. And 25 is our mature point, man. They right. say that's when we mature enough to um, essentially throw our lives away as men. They think at the age of 25, you should have cheaper car insurance because you're smarter now. You should be able to get right. you know, cheaper down payments. Everything will get cheaper when you turn 25. And yeah. I think that's kind of interesting that we drive that as well. Yeah. Free and alive past 25 because... Yeah. That's your that's your mid that's your midlife point. Like I'm right. there right now, and I feel like I'm in the middle of my life or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> even in the criminology textbook, like if you look at when like most of the that's why there's no surprises in this work. Like we know what the most at risk time of life is, right? Right. Our 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 city officials know those who govern us, the lawmakers. They all know what I know, and that's that. Like you start young kids start becoming or, or walking down the path of delinquency around 13, 14. It starts to peak around 16, 17, 18. Right. And then it starts to wane in the late 20s. I mean, the late teens and early 20s, right? So if we know that, right, and we got these communities that are filled with young men most likely to, 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 to take a bad path, why aren't there more organizations there to catch these kids between the ages of 13 and 21 instead of less? Right. If you look around, you could probably count dozens of organizations in our community that are working with little kids. Right. right. But those same little kids end up in, in, in delinquency programs. Right. And, and, and uh, become offenders. Right. So we have to change how we're looking at this issue. Yeah. Head start in having programs that engage these kids while they're young. We need them. Right. Nobody's saying we're not. But what we also need to an equal extent is programs like ours that are capturing them when they need the support most. Right. Because that's what happened with you. Right. If I it wouldn't have mattered if I knew you when you were a kid. Right. If when you were 19 going through what you were going through, you didn't have the support. If you didn't and if you didn't have, like you said, not not just yourself, but the program, the advocacy right. of the program to to actually, you know, welcome me into right you know you had that backbone that you had built uh with no advocacy at that time it was right. all ricky yeah you know you had your few here and there but for the most part man you were putting it in bro and i wanted to add to that it's like it's a whole nother um we could go real left with with why it's not enough organizations like ours and it could go very up and down but I do see it is a little increasingly difficult for yeah. violence prevention organizations and youth delinquency organizations to get the funding that we need right. to actually rise to the level that we need. Um, yeah. A lot of the funds are shifted over to the people that focus on the children in um, domestic violence yeah. homes or single mother homes right. or, you know, children with learning disabilities, things like that. But what about the at-risk youth whose lives are literally at risk? today mm. right now right you're exactly right and that like and that's kind of where like and you hit on like that's where our organization is going right right now we got people that got to work two and three jobs and still come and try to 
make a difference in the lives of a young person that we know is hanging right. on for dear life, right? right? So we want to be an organization where we're able to pay our people well for the work that they do, and it's very hard work. So I'm looking at y'all, the listeners, the viewers, who, who say that gun violence is an important issue, who say that the lives and futures of these young men, y'all agree that they are important. Like, it's not free, Nothing we do is free. The labor, the time, the trips, the education, the enrichment, it all has a cost. So if you're not engaged at some level at supporting this work, how important is it to you? Right. And to protect me, I want to protect everybody's integrity. So I won't mention names. Right. But there are huge nonprofit organizations that are very commonly placed in these communities of concentrated disadvantage. Right. These nonprofit organizations have been proven to do absolutely nothing to serve the delinquency rates within the communities that they are being right. put into and funded to help grow, right? right? I've been in two of those programs before, right. twice in my life, at the age of eight and at the age of 12. Right. But still, by the age of 17, I was incarcerated right. during a year and a half for violent crimes. Right. There was no rehabilitation. There was no guidance. There was no you know, life skills, career skills that actually drove my life from a young age. Right. But then I ran into the inner city innovators. Right. This program actually changed my life. I made a post yesterday. I tore the internet down because yeah. I posted yeah. a picture I took on my 19th birthday oh, yeah, with I'm my inner city innovator <laughs> shirt, bro. In the program, I had right. just met my son. That was a powerful moment. Yeah. And then at the Peace Walk yesterday, same thing. Yeah. Full circle, right? Full circle. And you see how it all comes together. So I, my whole point was th with this was we f they will fund and advocate for these humongous entities, nonprofit right. entities in our communities that don't really impact us. Right. But then inner city innovators actually impacts and right. changes the lives of you from a young age yep. to where they get 17 and 18 and they don't offend. Exactly. They are not. Their risk has been significantly lower, absolutely yep. mitigated completely. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. We, what we do works. Yep. We are the little <laughs> engine that could. There we go. We are the little nonprofit that could. And then we got the little friends exactly. with us. Exactly. We've been doing it without support, and we're going to keep doing it without support. Like, if people don't see the promise of the work, like I say all the time, bro, I'm going to be doing this ish until I'm dead. Right? That's it. Because I wouldn't be here if people hadn't done for me what I'm trying to do for you and other young men that we work with. It's not a job. It ain't a career. It's a calling. And if you don't operate with that sense of purpose in this work, you got no business in it. So if you miss the Peace March, the Peace Walk, the Hope Dealers Walk for Change, if you missed it, that's okay. We have a, a whole list of exciting things that we're going to be doing throughout the summer to keep this issue before everyone. We're going to be showing up to city commission meetings. We're going to be in the community, engaging them, trying to recruit young men to, into our program, getting our anti-violence workshop literature flooded into the streets. By the time school comes back, we're going to have safe passage opportunities to make sure kids are getting to and from school uh, safely and a host of other things. So... As I've always said, this peace march is just the first of many steps. We are hitting the ground hard. We're hitting the ground 
often. You got any closing thoughts, Sean, that you want to share with the people before we get out of here? For sure, for sure. I just want to say, man, um, to, to piggyback off what Ricky said, if you miss this piece, Walt, that's all fine and dandy because we be doing these forever. There will never be a day in history ever again where there won't be a piece walk by the inner city innovators, the hope dealers. It's forever. So next year... Stay tuned for the day. Stay tuned for the time. This is National Gun Violence Awareness Month, Gun Violence Prevention Month, and this is our month. This is what we do, and we just want to enjoy it. We want to continue to fight hard and fight long and fight strong. So if you with us, get with us. If you against us, step aside, man. Yep. And before we get off, I want to throw a shout out to Wear Orange Weekend. It yes, is sir. Uh, Youth Violence, Gun Violence Awareness Week, uh, June 2nd through 4th. We had our event June 3rd as a part of Wear Orange. So that we was had phenomenal. Exclusive yeah. Orange Hope Dealers yeah, out there. Man. Yes, sir. There was Orange Hope <laughs> Dealers shirts everywhere. And so next year, you'll get a chance to do it again, man. Like, we, we are partnered up. This is a national movement we are just a local manifestation so stay tuned uh we are really looking forward to keeping this work forward we can't do it without you donate 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 share 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 peace we out